Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. I want to welcome you for joining us today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please do me a favor. There are just three things that I need from you today before we move forward. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, share this broadcast, invite other people to join us. And above all, I'm speaking out of my book, Racism, where is your sting? A provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. I strongly encourage you to grab a copy of the book. It's a message of hope. It's going to set you free. It's going to set millions of other people free. Support this initiative by getting a copy for some other person. And if you need to order more than one copy, discounts are available. Reach out to me. There is information below this video on how you can order the books. And if you want to reach out to me, information to do that. It's very important that we have this conversation. It's important that we put our effort together to come up with a solution or solutions that are workable. Before I move into the topic of today, I have two things that I would like to share as a backdrop to what we're going to be talking about. This is going to be part three of the life of Jesus and the end of racism. We're talking about the way forward. I'm not here to settle any scores. I'm not here to pass blame, to complain, or to make excuses. The issue of racism is not above us. We have what it takes to put it to rest. However, there are two things that we need to understand. Let me start with the good news. Before I talk about the bad news, the good news is this. God created you. Let that sink for a minute. Because at the core of racism, at the core of segregation, at the core of racism, is the belief by some that they are superior. And the belief by some that they are inferior. This interplay is manifested anywhere you find humans interacting with each other. Skin color is immaterial because even in situations where people have the same skin color, they still discriminate, 
and don't treat each other right. Anywhere in the globe where humans interact, some have this mistaken belief that they are superior. And they've convinced others to mistakenly believe that they are inferior. And the way people treat each other is a reflection of what they believe about who they are. If they believe that they are inferior, they will see themselves like that. So most of the times, we have a knee-jerk reaction. We're trying to solve the symptoms of a deeper problem. We're trying to solve the symptoms of a deeper problem. I will reverse a little bit before I come back to the goodness. Let, let, let me share this with you. Why, when we see people manifesting hate, anger, mistreatment of other humans, please, let's not get distracted. Let's not get distracted. We're going to put our finger squarely on where this issue is coming from. This is the news headline I read the other day. Maryland man accused of killing dismembering daughter years after allegedly murdered son and friend. Let me read it again. Maryland man accused of killing dismembering daughter years after allegedly murdered son and friend. This man did not only kill his daughter, as you're going to hear, he dismembered her. And this happened recently. And prior to this, he had killed his son and his friend. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The manifestation of this wickedness, the manifestation of this sin in the hearts of people is made evident through many different ways. We can label it racism, label it discrimination and hate and all that. But what is actually happening is the wickedness in the hearts of people. What prompted this man to kill his own daughter, kill his son, kill his son's friend? Or we may say they have sickness. So if mental sickness caused this man to kill his daughter and dismember her, and if somebody kills another human being, and we say, oh, they killed that person because of the skin, the color of their skin, how does that add up? What is it about the color of somebody's skin that will poke 
you to the level where you kill them. What is actually happening is the sinfulness in the hearts of people. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, including me and you, we have all missed the mark. We've all missed the mark. And the manifestation of this sin result in the hate, the killing, the greed, and not treating each other right. This man, 68-year-old 60, Marine veteran, is currently on trial for the death of his daughter, Dominique Foster, 43 years old, who was found dismembered and thrown in a dumpster. He left her body there like trash. Assistant State Attorney Elizabeth Stoke told jurors Thursday according to the news outlet. This is another news headline. Baltimore hits 250 homicides for 2021, with 25 in September alone. People are killing each other left and right. Let's stop blaming racism because there's one human race. Let's stop blaming racism because it's a, it's a social construct. And those who constructed this term had dubious intentions. Now let's go back to where I started about inferiority and superiority complex. None is inferior, none is superior. And that is why in Psalms 139, verse 14, David says this, I will give thanks to you. He's talking about giving thanks to God because I am, I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. Some translations put it this way. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some say, I am wonderfully complex. Some translation says, I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Other ones render it, I am remarkably and wondrously made. Another one says, I am amazingly and miraculously made. This one that says, I am awesome and amazing. Let me put it this way. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are wonderful and complex. You are awesomely and wonderfully made. You are remarkably and wondrously made. You are amazingly and miraculously made. 
Yeah, you are miraculously made. Because the day your mom and your dad went to bed, somewhere between 300 to 500 million spermatozoids were released. And it took one out of all that lot to fuse with the over in your mother's womb for you to be here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And don't dare you allow some other person's expectation of you to become your reality. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise that because you have less melanin or more melanin, it takes away something of your humanity. Remember, you are wonderfully, fearfully, amazingly, remarkably, distinguishedly, awesomely, amazingly made. That is the truth. You can take that to the bank. Don't believe any other lie. Don't believe any other trash. None is superior. None is inferior. I just had to say that because we're looking at the way forward. And we've been talking about the life of Jesus, the defeat of racism, and the way forward. This is going to be part three. We're going to wrap it up and wrap chapter five. I can't wait to get into chapter six because we'll be talking about the dead, the death of racism, the death of racism. So today we're looking at part three of the life of Jesus and the end of racism. Jesus died. And out of his death came the forgiveness of our sins. And billions all over the world have found peace, life, and hope in him. Last time I said, of what good is Good Friday when it's a day Jesus was forcefully accused, wrongfully condemned, tortured, and killed on the cross. But the good news is this. What makes Good Friday good is that for Jesus dying on the cross, his life was a ransom. Sin had taken all of us captive. And when Jesus died, he paid the ransom. And now we can walk in freedom. You are no longer bound by your natural instincts. You are no longer bound by that sin nature. He that the Son of Man sets free, is free indeed. Jesus bought us at a price and now we become slaves to righteousness. If you haven't yet found Christ, this is your opportunity. It's very easy for in Romans 10, 9 to 10 says that if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. This is the day that you can tell Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Take over my life. And help me become a child of God. Make your life count. 
By walking in love and treating others how you want to be treated, Good Friday is indeed good because the untimely, brutal, and unjust death of a 33-year-old man has reconciled us to God. Yes, we've been reconciled to God. God always has the last say. And it's our responsibility to trust him to make all wrongs right. In the case of Jesus, those who kill him under the influence of the devil did not know that they were facilitating the provision of salvation and redemption for all mankind. That is why while he was hanging on the bloody Roman cross under intense pain and anguish, Jesus did not curse or call for social justice. Instead, Jesus said the following, Father, forgive them, for they do not know, know what they do. Indeed, these people were clueless what they were doing. If they knew what they were doing, they would have done the right thing. Instead of asking for his tormentors and killers to be killed, Jesus asked for their forgiveness because he understood the bigger plan of God for his life and he knew who was actually in charge. We already talked about the need for you to look at the bigger picture, the need for you to trust God with the good, the bad, and the ugly because God has a way of using everything to move you from point A to point B. You may say that Jesus was able to forgive because he was God in the flesh and understood the beginning from the end. What about Joseph? We spent a lot of time on the life of Joseph. How did he handle the betrayer from his brothers? Remember, the brothers of Joseph hated him, caught him, sold him for 20 pieces of silver to foreigners. Joseph ended up in Egypt, imprisoned for no crime he committed. He suffered for many years, but when he met his brothers, he forgave them. Did he call on the wrath of God on them or ask for them to be punished? No. Even though Joseph had the power to order the execution of his brothers, he forgave them because he understood that God was in control and had the final say. God has not changed. He's still in control today. You need to trust him. You need to trust him in the process. You need to trust him to make something beautiful out of all the mess. Forgiveness is for the strong, not the weak. Forgiveness is for the strong, not for the weak. Choosing to forgive does not mean that you are saying that atrocities were not committed or that the atrocities were not painful. Choosing to forgive is not trying to put the past under a rug. You forgive because anger, bitterness, and resentment will eventually eat you up and prevent you from benefiting from what God has in mind for you. Joseph said some very beautiful things to his brothers. He said, remember, I am Joseph that you sold into slavery. He was not refused in the past, but he said, don't be, don't be mad. Don't be angry with yourself because it was God who sent me here before you to prepare a, 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 a resources 
that is going to save the entire family because a famine is coming. God is at work. God does not sleep. He is at work even when the situation appears to be dark and hopeless. You need to trust God. Therefore, the way forward is to seek enlightenment to see the bigger picture of what God is up to because he is aware of all the betrayals and atrocities that were committed against the Africans that were forcefully uprooted from Africa, from the African soil, and brought to the new world. Nothing ever takes God unaware. We've already asked the question, where was God when the brothers of Joseph connived together Cut him and sold him to Egypt. Where was God when Potiphar's wife was lying against Joseph? Where was God when he was sent to prison for no crime he, 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 he committed? We are told God was with him all the while. Yet Joseph was plucked away from his father at a young age, enslaved and shipped up to a foreign land. Where was God when Jesus hung on the cross for no crime that he committed? The Son of God on the cross. Where was God? God was there all along. God is with you right now. You need to look up to him. You need to look up to him. He's up to something. He has the ability to make use of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You must trust him. There are many descendants of these Africans living in the Caribbean, South America, and the United States of America. Yes, people of African descent are not only in the United States. Go to Colombia. Go to Brazil. You'll find the descendants of slaves all over the Americas. God has a plan. Listen to me today. God has a plan. Don't lose hope. Turn to God. Turn to God and see him make use of that which your enemy made bad for you. When they look at what transpired to where they are right now, it is not good. But based on God's word, it is going to be more profitable to let God be God in the situation and forgive. This is not a popular message or a comfortable one, but the alternative is worse. While critical race theory is pushing for unforgiveness, where it is pushing for people to remain in the place of anger and bitterness, where it's pushing for people to look up to other people to freedom. Can I dare propose that the way to freedom is to acknowledge the fact that you are created in God's image and likeness. And that, yes, atrocities have been committed against you. But you are not the only person. We have examples ahead of us. The life of Joseph. The life of Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel. We can learn from them. They were all enslaved. Shipped to a foreign land. Sold and betrayed. Yet, they looked up to God. And he used them to solve problems. He used them to provide solutions. And that break the shackles 
and raise them up to the top. It is better to trust God than your feelings. The natural feeling is payback time. Let's stick it to them. They have done this. Let's do that. Don't go down that road. There is a lot of anger, bitterness, and resentment, but it will only destroy you if you if you do not neutralize it by love and forgiveness. This message is for those people who are people of the book. This message is for you who is a follower of Yahweh. You must lead the way and teach other people to do the same. There are those who have been advocating for vengeance and payback. But this approach is not helpful because it does not work. When you forgive, it frees you from your enemy. Why it may not feel normal, but it is possible because we have the capacity to forgive. Racism cannot stand forgiveness because they are incompatible. Now is the time to drive out darkness by letting the light of God that is in you shine. I've said it time and again. You cannot defeat darkness with darkness. You have to turn on the light. Turn on the light of God. I've been saying it, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. All what you need is to light your own light. Light it. The light of God is you. Let it shine. It's going to drive away the darkness. Do not allow political correctness or the cause for payback that some are advocating to cover your life. God never let you because nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, every death, the devil, whoever cannot separate us from the love of God. That is why we are told time and again that God was with Joseph. No matter what happened in his life, during the bad times, God was with him. During the good times, God was with him. During the ugly times, God was with him. God is with us all the time. We can trust him. Ask God to open your eyes to see the bigger picture and what he is up to because God is always up to something. When you look at the life of Joseph, you wonder, why did God allow him to go through all this stuff? It wasn't comfortable. It was painful. Yet God was moving him closer to become the second in command in Egypt. Have you ever wondered, why did God allow my ancestors to become slaves in the new land, in, in the new world? Have you thought about that? Have you asked God, God, what are you up to? Let me be blunt. Let me be blunt. I was, I was not born in America. I paid money to come to America. It cost me money. You are already here. Leverage it. Leverage it. I'm not saying you should forget your past. I'm not saying that what happened in the past is good. But I'm saying that go to God and deal with him at that level 
And when God shows you the bigger plan, you will understand why those things happened. Because God is always up to something. Always up to something. Joseph did not suffer in vain. And the suffering of Jesus Christ was not wasted either. Your own suffering and that of your people will not be wasted if you let God be God. Can I say that again? Your own suffering and that of your people will not be wasted if you allow God to be God. Don't take the place of God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay, says God. You are not God. Don't wear God's shoes. What you can do is forgiveness. What you can do is to pray for your eyes to open so you can see the bigger picture. Let me tell you, right now, if you, if you, you saw what happened in, in, in Afghanistan. People were clinging on, on the tires of the plane because they wanted to escape Afghanistan to come to America. If you were to place a plane right now in most African countries and you say, oh, who wants to go to America? You'll be shocked by the number of people who want to leave. You are already here. The past has been bad. Sure. What is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? I'm talking to the people of the book. What is God saying? You think God, God, God is dead? You think he's not aware of all the atrocities and the evil that has been committed? No, he is aware. The way you turn it around is to get back to him and let him show you what he's up to. Now is the right time to rise up and begin to provide solutions. And in so doing, you will rise up to the top. The way is always made for cream. The way is always made for cream. Cream always rises to the top. And we know that some of the areas in this country, you have special gifts. You should start deploying them because the United States of America has a lot of problems that need solutions. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe you are just here for a time such as this. Maybe. Maybe the moral decay in America is waiting on you to slow it down, to turn it around. Have you answered the question of what am I doing here? What is God up to? Joseph had to answer the call of God. Jesus had to answer the call of God. Now is the time to answer the call of God. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That is how we're going to stamp out racism. I want you to stay tuned. Next time, we'll be talking about the end of racism and the part you can play in putting the last nail on the coffin of racism. Thank you for listening. Share this broadcast. Stay tuned for more updates and God bless you fantastically. Don't forget you are fearful. You are amazingly. You are wondrously. You are miraculously made in the image and likeness of God. You are not inferior. You are not superior. There's one race and that is a human race. God bless you richly.